Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. That's right. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. We are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter is how you get a hold of us. We have a lot to talk about today. Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N. You guys can catch us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, any of our fine syndicated affiliates. Of course, over at SportsGarden.com, SoundCloud, everywhere. We're all over the place, and we have a lot to talk about today. And we have a, a lot of good to talk about, but we will get into bad. And the bad is sports bad as opposed to coronavirus bad. We're, we usually start off, or we have been starting off the show, with a little bit of coronavirus update. We're not going to do that today. Okay, I think we all know where we are. Uh, just about every state is in phase two or done. I was in Florida this week, and with the exception of, you know, listen, people are being careful and cautious. Uh, there was no sign of masks 24-7. If people got close to each other, you know, there's masks and you go to the restaurants and what down, not down there. And there's some social distancing. Uh, the most of the country, I traveled the entire East Coast stopping at places for gas, for this, for that. We've moved uh, past the let's get crazy and lock ourselves in the house moment. But we are still in the let's be cautious and careful. So I don't think we need to do a league overall coronavirus update. We know that the NBA is coming back July 31st. NFL is actually opening up training camps a little bit early. So they're going to let people in because they missed all the OTAs. All right. No problem. Uh, we know that NASCAR is back. We know that golf is back. Uh, we know that the NHL is coming back uh, shortly. They'll be back in late July or early August. And the only one left is Major League Baseball, which we will get to later. I think it's less about Corona and a lot more about the Players Union, you know, sticking their feet in the ground and the owners uh, digging in as well. So we will talk about that in a moment. But I want to talk about actual Sports. That's right. How refreshing that is. So let's talk about the NHL because we have a lot of NHL to, to get into today. Phase two of the NHL's return to play initiative just began this Monday. So that's what's going on. That means teams have allowed training facilities to open up in their, their home cities. Ice time for on-ice, on-off workouts. Players can begin to practice in small groups. You got to keep them uh, depending on your state, whether it be five or ten. The various measures set out in Phase 2 protocol are intended to provide players with a safe and controlled environment in which teams resume their conditioning. That's from the league office. So it's the first step, right? We still don't have a date for when this all happened, but I think everybody... Look, I wrote the NHL off. I'll be the first to tell you, I absolutely wrote the NHL off. I said that I, I didn't believe with the Canadian influence and the foreign influence and what that was going to be. I didn't know where, where the world would be. I think where we sit today, the NHL is in a great position. Look, the NBA actually have dates. They actually have a plan. They know what's going to happen. We know that what the NBA is doing. Great. The NHL is second right now. They are right behind them. Uh, and despite what some morons in the media think, people do care about the NHL. So it's good to see. So we don't have dates, but they're going to start practicing. Everyone's going to start getting on the ice. That's fantastic. I'm going to get into the, the new Stanley Cup odds um, you know, just a moment. But I want to talk about your winning tickets, guys, because I try to give these updates. Now, we talked to you about what they were thinking about paying out and what they might have paid out in the NBA. Well, NHL, Chris Andrews on Twitter put this out, uh, you know, Las Vegas Sportsbook. For NHL divisions, we are paying the Bruins, Blues, 
Capitals, and the Knights as winners. All other division bets will be refunded. Now, the Bruins were in first, the Capitals were in first, the Blues were in first, and the Knights were in first. All other division odds will be refunded. Now, again, there are prop plays out there. So there are prop plays out there where, well, I, I took the Islanders to finish third. You know, you have prop plays like that. You have order of finish. You have um, who will who will win the division, and, and it's not one of these guys. So they're trying to do the right thing, these sports books. But they're also, look, they're being very careful on who they pay out and who they don't pay out. They're trying to be as cautious as possible with the payouts. But I think they're doing the right thing here. And if you really look at the standings, I know we had a lot of season to go, okay? But Boston had 100 points. Tampa Bay had 92. They were, I would say, securely in first place. Could Tampa Bay have caught them? Of course they could. It's only an eight-point lead, but depending on how many games they play, I think Boston was in a pretty good position. So that's a good payout. If you had any of the others... You better be counting your blessings that they're paying you out. You got. You better be counting your blessings that they are paying you out, guys. Washington Capitals and Flyers were a point apart. A point apart. And oh, by the way, Pittsburgh was only three points back of that. And the large. And, and then, by the way, Carolina, Columbus, the Islanders, all within ten points. So, if you're Washington Capitals and you're you're uh, holding that ticket and cashing that ticket, that's that's. Good by you. But, man, you got lucky. How about the Blues? Blues were only two games up on the Avalanche in the Central, but they were, you know, 12 games up in the next competition. So it was a two-team race. If you had the Avalanche or, or you had one of the teams in the, in the Metro, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough sell. How about the Vegas Golden Knights? They were only up by three on Edmonton. They were up by only seven on Calgary, only eight on Vancouver. So if you're holding, and not only holding, if you're cashing in a Vegas Golden Knights ticket today, a St. Louis Blues ticket, or the Washington Capitals ticket, you better be thanking guys like Chris Andrews who are paying that out. So that is being paid. What about individual player honors? You know, this is something that is really being debated among what will happen. We hear with Major League Baseball, yeah, in a 48-game season, you know, how is uh, Mike Trout going to win the MVP with 17 home runs, right? I mean, I've heard these sort of arguments, but they're going to have it. They're going to have these these different kind of payouts. Well, we don't have MVP yet paid out. We don't have things like that. But the NHL has decided that they are officially naming some awards. And they're season-ending awards. So if Mike Trout, for example, if you baseball fans, had 17 home runs and that led the league, he will be crowned the home run king that year. You can bet on how many home runs a guy hits in a year. You can bet on, on these individual awards. Not in all sports books. So if you don't have one, it doesn't happen in all sports books. I'm not saying that it does. But in some of these sports books, oh, it certainly does. Goalie for the Boston Bruins, Duke Rask, yeah. Uh, Halleck, as well, have been named co-winners of the William M. Jennings Trophy. That is the goalie tandem in Boston registered a league-low 174 team goals against uh, during what we're calling the shortened season. Rask will be, you know, the guy that's in goal there, but they they won the, the award. Now, could you find a sports book that took that? Maybe. Maybe you could find that. But listen, it is Boston. Here's the thing moving forward. 
I wonder what it's going to look like in the record books. Right? There's got to be something. The NHL is giving out awards. The NBA is giving out awards. I, I know that baseball is the one sport that we concentrate so much on numbers and numbers and numbers. But don't we have to have, I don't want to say asterisk because with 61 going on and all the negative connotation to the asterisk um, and, and with the steroid era. But don't we have to have something to say that this was a shortened season? What, what are we going to put there? What do you want to put? I, I want to hear from you guys. 855-4-G-A-R-T-E-N or, or write us over at Sports Garden at Facebook, at Twitter, or, or Instagram, wherever you could find us. I want to hear from everybody. What do we put there? Do we circle it? Do we put a box around it? Because it's got to be something. And somehow or another, the asterisk is so such a negative connotation because of the Maris Maze thing. We have to put something. And then you get the ball rolling into the idea. And I know I'm going on a tangent here. But now you get the ball rolling on the idea. How do you have steroid users not have an asterisk next to their name, but we're going to have this kind of shortened season? So we have to have some kind of idea that, uh, you know, this guy led the league in such a shortened season. Uh, Art Ross Trophy goes to Edmonton, Leon Drozaldi. That's who leads the league in points at the end of the regular season. Again, this is certainly something you could bet on. You could absolutely bet on who will lead the league in points at the end of the season. He officially has it. He had 43 goals and 67 assists. That's 110 points in just 71 games. Connor McDavid, his teammate, oh, by the way, finishes second with 97. What a tandem there. Uh, I bet you would get pretty good odds for him leading the league right there. And you got to worry, will this be a full payout? I haven't heard. I've asked some of the sportsbook directors, and uh, they, they haven't gotten back one way or the other. I will tell you this, though. I spoke to somebody that was a former sportsbook director, and he said, I fully expect that these will be paid out. If the NHL is officially naming it, right, then these should be paid out. That's how we look at it. Then finally, Alex Ovechkin uh, and Pasternak has been named co-winners of the Rocket Richard Trophy that uh, leads the NHL in goals. 48 for the duo there. Um, Ovechkin actually had two less games, but okay. So the Bruins and the Caps leading the way in those things. Now, again, is there a prop play who leads the NHL in goals? Is there a prop play who leads the NHL in points? Yeah, you could find those guys. It's not overly rare to find those. So I want to set uh, what we're dog talking about today is going to be a lot of NHL. That's what will be paid out. Now, we talked about some of the series and what we're talking about, uh, uh, some of the series plays. Some of the odds have moved a little bit for the play-in series and uh, what the NHL is kind of putting into their 24 package. So I want to go over that. And after we take a quick break, I want to come back and I have the top overall seeds for the Stanley Cup. And I want to take a look at the odds and see if anything jumps out. We don't have to go through all of the odds, guys, okay? But I would like to uh, kind of touch on who I think uh, really is a good bet. I gave it to my members this week, and, and I really do think that some of these jump off the page. All right, let's just real, really quickly reset and see where any changes are. This is the play-in series prices. Flames are minus 120 over the Jets. The Oilers are minus 150 over the Blackhawks. The Predators minus 125 over the Coyotes. And the Canucks minus 130 over the Wild. That is in the Western Conference. Now, I, I told you originally, I won't touch the Flames Jets. I think it's too much of a coin toss. I know how dangerous the Flames can be. 
but I think a lot of what this pricing is is what is based on where they went last year and how far they went last year. I think the Flames are a good team this year, but I certainly don't think that they are anywhere near the capability that they were last season. Now, you could say, Tom, look, they had 79 points. They're only seven points back of Vegas for, uh, you know, overtaking them and getting in first place. I get it. I just don't see the same Flames team in Winnipeg. I wouldn't be able to take them at even money. I, I'm not even getting money with them. Uh, kind of the same thing with the Canucks in the wild. Um, you know, I look at almost the same thing with Vancouver here. It's a team that I told you last week or two weeks ago I didn't love. I wasn't jumping on these odds. Maybe the wild a little bit, but I'm not touching them. You go into the Predators and the Coyotes. I originally told you I was all over the Predators, and I told you that I thought that the Predators' line would shoot up because I think that they're much better than the Coyotes, even if the uh, disparity has 74 points and 78 points is not that large. I think Nashville's the better team. Well, the odds haven't really moved that much, and I'm pretty surprised people haven't jumped on the Predators. I don't know what I'm seeing in Nashville that nobody else is, but I will tell you, I, I still... I'm leaning that way. Didn't make an official bet on it. I'm still leaning that way. Oilers, Blackhawks, Oilers minus 150 with the duo I just talked about. Blackhawks plus 130. I don't think the Blackhawks should be in this conversation. I don't think the Blackhawks should be in a plane. I don't think the Blackhawks should sniff the playoffs. Sorry, my people in Chicago. Blackhawks are not a playoff team. Minus 150 to me is a gift from the Oilers. Let's go to the Eastern Conference. Maple Leafs minus 160, Blue Jackets plus 140, Penguins minus 200, Canadians plus 175, Hurricanes minus 150, Rangers plus 130, Islanders are even, Panthers are minus 120. Now, some of these odds have moved. I had told you originally I did like the Islanders. The Islanders at the time were about minus 110. The Panthers are now up to 120. I've seen the Panthers go up to 130 in some spots, and I think it's a mistake. The Islanders don't have the same goalie as last year. I get that. But the Islanders' defense plays well, and they're playoff ready to play well. I like a defensive team. I like a team that can shut down uh, the opposing offense, and I don't know. I don't want to say that the Islanders have the best defense in the league, but they have a tremendous defense. A tremendous defense, and I like the way that they play and the style that they play. I like the way that they are, to me, built for the playoffs. Even money, I'll take that. You look at the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jackets. Look, the Maple Leafs lost this year to like some guy that was driving a Zamboni, okay? Uh, but let's also remember that the Maple Leafs have been massively banged up. If there is one team in the entire NHL that will be helped and helped greatly by this layoff, it is Toronto. Now, Maple Leafs are minus 160. It's a pretty hefty price. And the Blue Jackets is what everyone's going to remember last year. Be thankful. Be thankful that the Blue Jackets had their run that they did last season. Be thankful that people are going to overrate them because Maple Leafs should be minus 210 here. The Maple Leafs should have no problem. They're going to be healthy. They clearly have the better talent. I don't think that's even a question. They are a dangerous team. Not only am I looking at the Maple Leafs to just absolutely roll, roll in the first series here, minus the 160, I am starting to think that they might be worth dribbling a little bit of money on for the whole thing. I mean, that's how dangerous I think Toronto can be. That's how dangerous the Maple Leafs are to me. So for me to lay 160, I know it's a high number, and Vegas is trying to scare you off with that high number. And that's what they do. They're going to set a high number to try to scare people off. I get it. I'm not falling into it. I'm not buying into the trap. Maple Leafs minus 160 is still a play for me. Penguins minus 200, the Canadians. The only question is, do you... 
not want to spend that much money on the Penguins. The Penguins are massively, massively better than the Canadians. Uh, the points-wise, uh, look, it's 86 to 71. It's not even that close. They are the largest favorite on the board. They have the best goalie in the game points-wise. They have the much better goalie than Montreal does here. They have the scoring. Everything favors the Penguins. I know that it's tough to take a minus 200 favorite. Again, Everybody that was taking the minus 160 favorite and being cautious about it is going to double up and tell me how worried they are. And I know I'm taking favorites here, guys, but give me the Penguins. I like the Penguins here. I think the 200 does not scare me off. I'm not worried about it. I'm not nervous about it. Give me the Penguins. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at the Penguins. I'm saying I should be counting my money. So... How do you handle a large favorite? Don't be scared off if you really have commitment to it, but make sure that you know that they're going to win. I'd be stunned if the Penguins don't win. The last one is the Hurricanes minus 150, Rangers plus 130. Uh, When the Rangers were plus 120, I told you I liked them. They own the Hurricanes. The last three years, they absolutely own the Hurricanes. Win 10 of the last 11. They dominate. They don't own. They dominate this Hurricanes team. Do I think the Hurricanes are a better team than the Rangers? Yeah, I do. The Rangers are a second-to-last place team in the in, in the uh, Metropolitan, right? Do I think that they are a better team? Of course I do. I think Carolina is a very good team. I think that they have good scoring. They have a good defense. Held their opponents to only 193 points. I like what they do, but I also know matchups are important. And I know that history is important. And I know value is important. Matchup-wise, the Rangers absolutely have had the Carolina Hurricanes number. If the Rangers were favorites, I might be able to overlook that. Matchup-wise, the Rangers as a team just match up well. It's no doubt that they would have success against Carolina because their matchups on the ice match up well. I could overlook that if they were the favorite, but they're not the favorite. They are a plus 130 underdog and rising. They were plus 120, now they're plus 130 and rising, guys. I like that. I'm getting value from someone that I think is going to have a really good opportunity to win. That's how you make some money in this. So I did give you some favorites, but I'm ending off with probably my biggest play is going to be an underdog, and it's an underdog that continues, continues, continues to rise, and I absolutely love watching somebody continue to rise like that. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. Come on right back. Lots more NHL here on Wagering Week. Now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? All right, we're going to talk about what are the odds, and we're going... We're going to talk about somebody that jumped off the page. I know that everybody is thirsting, and the fantasy community, daily fantasy, thirsting for when we could start playing again. Will the NBA give us playoff fantasy? Will the NHL give us playoff fantasy? Nobody knows. Baseball is in a complete standstill. I'm waiting still to do some baseball drafts that I never got to. Oh, it's crazy. So everyone's got their mind on the NFL, and NFL fantasy meets betting here, and let me explain why. I'm going to bring it to the Super Bowl guy, the guy that got all the attention during the Super Bowl, Raheem Mostert, the running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Running back for the San Francisco 49ers that, in their depth chart, overtook Kevin Coleman, who was their big-time free agent signing, he overtook him for the starting job. He overtook Matt Braida, who 
in most people people's estimations, has the most talent on that roster at the running back position. And Kyle Shanahan was raving about Braida before the season. Well, he overtook him for the starting role. What about uh, the the idea that Mostert came out of nowhere, right? This guy from nowhere came out of nowhere, dominated, and he looked good. Now, I made some money on him in the playoffs, so the numbers come out. The numbers start to come out on his ADP. That's average draft position in a fantasy world. And the average draft position in a fantasy world, he's basically being drafted between number 50 and 75 overall, He's basically being drafted as a running back between 15 and 30. His average draft position right now is number 25 among running backs. That puts him in the conversation as a number two running back. You remember, if we're doing standard 12-team leagues, every team gets two running backs. uh, So that would put us at 24. If not, he's a flex. So you're looking at a number two or a flex. And I said, you know, I think Mostert's getting overrated. So I went to Vegas. I went to the odds. And here are the odds. Raheem Mostert and the Lions makers have him over under 875 and a half yards on the year. 875 and a half, guys, doesn't sound too appealing if you're down on Mostert. Sounds delicious if you like this guy. And this is where sports betting comes into trusting your gut a little bit. You look at a guy like Mostert and you say, if you like him, you're asking him to get 800, 900 yards, okay? You're asking him to get almost 900 yards in 16 games. Well, Mostert's going to be the favorite. Coleman will be the guy out of the backfield. They traded away Braida. Yeah, the path is clearing here. Right? The path is clearing. If you like Mostert, 900 yards in 16 games, guys, and do the math. It's really, really about, uh, what, 60, 65 yards a game. Whew, that should be nice and easy for a guy like Mostert. This is a clear over bet for anybody that likes him. But I'm going to talk you off the ledge a little bit. And here's why. First of all, Kyle Shanahan is very, very, very well known to use, uh, to say a rotation at running back would be under cutting it. He likes to use anybody that's possible <laughs> to kind of carry the, the ball there. Well, he did it in Atlanta. If you remember, Freeman was the guy, and then Coleman got more carries than he probably should have. So you still have the presence of a well-paid Tevin Coleman, even though most of it should be the guy. That's number one. Number two, this is a guy that came from nowhere that nobody heard of, nobody knew. Oftentimes, guys that come from nowhere revert back to to nowhere. They go back to that place of nowhereness. And I worry about that about Bostard. And then number three, and this I think is the biggest thing, if you haven't gotten the carries to be lead back at this time in your career, how is your body going to handle getting hit for a 16-game season? How is your body going to be able to handle the gruel of that? And oh, by the way, I'm sure with his style and his you know, just absolutely barrel people over style. I'm sure Shanahan wants him nice and healthy for the playoffs. So I look at the 875 number, and it depends on what kind of eye you were glancing at it. I look at the 875, and I say, I'm staying away from this bet in all respects. I could see him I could see him getting the 900 yards in 10 games, guys, averaging like 95 yards a game and, and being fantastic. I could also see all of those things happening. Shanahan not giving him the time. I can absolutely see us in a position where he gets injured. I could also see us in a position where he's ineffective. I think he's a dangerous gamble, even though he is a lightning rod kind of guy.
All right. I want to go back to hockey here. Let's continue the hockey trend because we do have NHL playoff odds. This is posted at the at the Westgate, and we're talking about top overall seeds. Now, we're going to look at the to win the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. That's what I want to look at first, um, the odds to win the Western and the Eastern Conference. I'm going to tell you if I see something that sticks out. Western Conference, Golden Knights, plus 250. By the way, the Knights, what happened? So, wasn't there a point? Wasn't it like a month point? I, I know there was because I do Vegas radio where the fans were kind of panicking. Yeah, they, they corrected the ship. They are the favorite in the Western Conference, plus 250. The Blues right behind them at plus 250. Avalanche, plus 250. And the Stars, plus 140. Ladies and gentlemen, the Blues are tied for the best odds in the Western Conference to go to the championship. The Blues are, are right there. Nobody's buying that it was a fluke last year. Nobody. That's an interesting number. Look, I don't really like any of these. I, I think that the Knights are probably the best team in the West. But I worry. I think Dallas with their goaltender, and I thought it last year. I did tell you guys last year. I think the Dallas goaltending situation makes them such an absolute wild card. They really, really could do amazing things if uh, he kind of gets in gear. and We've seen him do just that. If I had to put my money on somebody, I would take Dallas at 4-1 to one just because of the odds are there, even though I think that Vegas is the best team in the West. So I really don't see much value there. I'm not going to go through everybody uh, for the West, but I don't see much value there. How about for the East? The Bruins are plus 200. The Lightning is plus 225. Caps plus 350. Flyers plus 400. Now, I know the Flyers are having a nice little season here, but I don't see any any anything in the Flyers at all. Pittsburgh plus 500, by the way. They're a team I would circle. I don't think that Washington benefits from this layoff. I don't think they necessarily get hurt, but I don't think they benefit. I told you earlier, Toronto is a team I might throw some money on. The Penguins are a team that I, I might throw some money on, but I'm still on Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay is the best team in the league. I think Tampa Bay was a, a just a great choice before the year, and I think you have to stick with them. But that those Toronto odds... Have me intrigued. They really do. All right, let's move over to Stanley Cup odds via the William Hill. This is starting all brand new. They released it when there's the 24 teams. We don't know a date when this will happen. We have no idea when this will go down. Um, we don't know where it's going to be, but we don't know anything. But we got odds. <laughs> okay, first of all, I think we have to have more of a plan to bet on this. But here we go. The Canadians and the Blackhawks are a hundred to one. Do not look at either one of them. Don't get tempted. Oh, it's a shortened season. It's going to be crazy playoffs. And look at the value. No, no, no. Throw twenty bucks on it. Well, you just lost twenty dollars. Throw, throw your twenty dollars in the toilet. Flush it down the toilet, and uh, maybe at least you could watch it swirl. Because in this case, you're throwing away money. Don't go near that. The Islanders at sixty to one. All right, listen. It's not throwing your money in the toilet. Okay. But it's a position where I don't like it. I, I don't like the Islanders at 60-1, to 1, even though I did rave about their defense. I don't think that they have it. Minnesota, the same thing. Florida Panthers, uh, I'm, I'm in step line with them. Columbus, Winnipeg, I don't even know if they make it out of the first round. Don't think Vancouver does. I got the Hurricanes losing in the first round. The Rangers aren't going any further than the team that they beat up at 40-1. to 1. So we're getting into the 41s. Calgary, I don't see. Arizona Coyotes at 40-1. to 1. And now the jump. So those were all 40 to 1, 50 to 1, 60 to 1. Those are teams that I'm not sure make it out of the first round. Those are teams that even if they do make it out of the first round, they'll be lucky and, and probably get swept in the second round. Those are teams that, hey, lucky. 
Lucky for you, you can put up a banner that in a shortened season you made some kind of playoff or whatever we're calling this. Yeah, that's great. Oh, beautiful. Now it's time to get serious. The Toronto Maple Leafs are 25 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. They are getting healthy. They are massively talented. They have a duel of scorers that you can argue with anybody in the league. They are right there. Their goaltending has to get hot. Uh, admittedly, okay, they're an offensive team, and you don't like to bet on offensive teams to win the cup, but they are 25 to 1 odds, guys. We'll circle back to that. Nashville, 25 to 1. I, I think Nashville is being underrated right now, and I've said that, but I don't like them for the cup. Edmonton, 25 to 1. Edmonton's going to get some love. They're going to get a little bit of attention because they have the duo, they, they, they're going to get some attention. But the reality is they're not a complete team. They're a team that's a little bit early. Edmonton in two years is going to be dominant. Edmonton in, in a year might be competitive, um, where I would look at this. But this year, it, it it's just stacked. It's too stacked. Pittsburgh Penguins 15-1. to 1. Penguins are, are a dangerous club. I'm not going to take them at 15-1 to 1 here because I've seen some holes in the Penguins game. But the Penguins are a well-coached, well-run organization. The playoff season should not intimidate them at all. Wherever it's played and however it's played, if you have good coaching and you have experienced pros on your team, which they certainly do, that helps. 15 to 1, not the worst bet on the board. Dallas 15 to 1. I just told you I kind of like them for the West. They're 15 to win the one to win the cup. I'm just flat out betting. I mean, listen, you have different reasons for, for betting right? Uh, and why you like to go out there and, and make a bet. I would completely and utterly just be betting on Ben Bishop here. I have to bet that Ben Bishop is just going to be absolutely dominant behind the net. And he may be, but I would have much liked 20 to 1 odds instead of 15 to 1 odds. Philadelphia, I don't buy him. Last year, I bought into Philly. I put money on Philly halfway through the season because I thought that they would make that late surge to make the playoffs. I liked Philly. I liked their goaltending. I like what they're doing. 12 to 1 odds is not enough. This Philly team is too young. They're not quite experienced enough to, to get my money. Colorado, the same thing. I think Colorado is fast. Woo! And that speed can be elusive, but if they're not, first of all, if they're not playing in Colorado, that's going to be a, a pretty big nut there. And 17-2, to two, I don't like 17-2 to two odds with Colorado. Now you get into the big boys. Washington Capitals at 8-1. to one. I, I don't love this. I cannot take away that all of the elements for a betting position are there. Experienced championship teams during this layover, after the lockout, after the, the shutdown, are where I like to put my money. I like the experienced teams. I like the teams that have been there. They're not going to be taken by the moment. They probably have the best player in the sport, if not you know, second or third. Ovechkin's still that guy. Their goaltending worries me. It just worries me. And I know during their championship run, goaltending stepped up. And they were fantastic. I understand that. Capitals at eight to one, are just a little too rich for my blood. St. Louis eight to one. I, I look. They've had a good year. I have a hard time going against a team that had such 
a Cinderella dramatic, unbelievable season the year before to expect that during the playoffs they're going to have the same kind of passion. To expect during the playoffs after this corona lockout that they're going to have the same kind of drive. You know, something's lost. It just is. Something's lost when you are gunning for a title as opposed to trying to keep that title. And much like what happened to the Chicago Cubs in baseball, after 100 years you win that title, I don't care if you're the most motivated person on earth. It is very difficult to get the same kind of emotional uplift the year after you win in all cases. And this is why uh, a team like the Patriots I admire so much. When the Yankees did it in the 90s, I admire them so much because it is very difficult to bring it every day and to come back with that motivation. I don't like 8-1 to one on St. Louis. How about 13-2 to two Tampa Bay? You want to talk about motivation. Tampa Bay was the all-dominant team last year, setting all kinds of records for points, setting all kinds of records for scoring. They were the team that could not be beat, and I know it because I lost money on them. They could not be beat, and they went out in the first round. They went, They didn't go out in the first round. That's too light. They were humiliated. They were embarrassed in the first round. They were put on their knees and spit on in the first round. That's what happened to Tampa Bay. So if there is one team out there that has as much motivation as any team that I could remember, it's Tampa Bay. Vegas Golden Knights at 6-1. to one. I think Vegas is the best team in the West. I think that Vegas, uh, this layover, might help their aging goalie. Look, say what you want about Flurry and, and, and the, no, Flower is great, okay? Uh, but he is aging. And that was a concern of mine going into the season, that he was an aging guy. Well, I think the layoff is going to help him. And then Boston 11-2. to two. Boston is the most complete team in the league. We know that. Boston has, uh, by points-wise, the best defense, the best goalie. They only allowed 174 goals against the entire year. 174 goals against the entire year. That is fantastic. I'm talking about teams with 193 and telling you how good they are. 174. Their defense is suffocating. They're 100 points. Best team in the league. They should be number one. I don't think it's that easy to say that Boston's just going to cruise, though. I don't think you could go into this and just say Boston's going to cruise. 11 to 2 odds, it's not as much. So if we're breaking down the big boys here, Boston, not a bad bet. They're clearly the best team. I just think that the layover hurts a team that was clicking that much. And you have to, we have to factor into our handicapping this year how much the layover hurts. Boston is an experienced team. Yes, they hit that check mark. Boston does have a good coach. Yes, they hit that check mark. Boston does play good defense and has a good goalie. Yeah, they hit both of those check marks. That's great. But was Boston playing at the most elite level when the shutdown happened? Yes. Can they take three months off, four months off, whatever it's going to be, and click at that same level? I don't think so. I don't think that any team can click at the same level. And Boston worries me. Golden Knights. So if I'm taking a shot here, retaking a shot at the Stanley Cup, I still like the Lightning. I think their motivation is tremendous. They're about 7-1 to one odds or so, so you're getting a decent odd number on them. I look at this Tampa Bay team. I liked them before last season. And I'm not a Tampa Bay fan, guys. I just look at what with the product that you're giving me. I liked them before last season. They had the great regular season that they did, one of the greatest in history. 
and they failed in the playoffs. I like them before this season. After the layover, I still like them. So I'm prefacing this by I've liked Tampa Bay for two years. I'm not getting off the Tampa Bay bandwagon. I'm still on it, and I think it could pay off, and I like the, the number at 7-1. to one. But if you're looking for something long shot, I think that Toronto team makes sense at 25-1. to one. In between, look, I, I, I talked to you about the Caps. I don't have a hard feeling. If you want to go into a Caps, I think 8-1 to one's a little weak. I guess you could throw 15-1 to one on, on the Stars or the Penguins. That's okay. So though, that's the Stanley Cup odds. That's where we're looking about where they play is going to be an impact here. Where these teams wind up playing, where they go, how much rest in between, all of that has to be considered when we make our final determination. And when we make our final determination and the final numbers, I expect them to move and to reflect that. I don't care where Tampa Bay plays. I think they could play on, you know, on Mars, and I'd still like them right now. I like Tampa Bay that much. So my odds won't move that much, which means I can go in and make a bet today. If you are a, a you know a guy that wants to take a shot because you think that you know, then wait. Just wait it out. If your 15 to 1 goes to 13 to 1, but they're playing close to home or they're playing at home or oh, then it's not that big of a deal. You have to know when to bet as much as value, statistics, numbers, all of that goes in. The timing of the bet, getting that number, getting that information, that is crucial in this game. And right now, we as a sports betting community are learning the hard, hard lesson. And that hard, hard lesson, ladies and gentlemen, is very much make sure you're patient to get all the information at hand. That's the NHL. We got lots going on with the NHL, which is awesome to hear. Now, we're going to bet to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet Bet to to the the future. All right, guys, bet to the future. We have the Charles Schwab Challenge down in Fort Worth, Texas, starting this week. That's right, Charles Schwab Challenge, and I got some odds for that. I have the odds for the entire full board. And, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have actual sports to bet on. Oh, yes. Who's making a bet this weekend? I certainly am. I, I, I don't bet golf that much but what i did if you listen to the show that 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 was emanating from new york last year i gave you three huge winners on three huge events so let's talk about it mcelroy nine to one odds rom is about ten to one odds about ten and a half uh justin thomas plus 220 uh simpson 2,600, uh, DeChambeau, 26, Kepka 34, Johnson, 36, Reed, 36, um, Fowler, 36, Fano 50. I, I'm, I'm just going to give you guys, Jordan Speed is 65 to 1. I'm not going down the whole list. Uh, Rose, 55 to 1. Kucher, 60 to 1. Justin Day, 75 to 1. Gar, uh, Garcia, 80 to 1. I'm going to keep going down. If anybody jumps off of the list, I'll throw uh, throw out. Uh, Bubba Watson, 165 to 1. You want a long shot? Bubba Watson, 165 to 1. How about Lefty? Who loves Lefty? Who was impressed with, with the shots? How about those shots that Lefty was just drilling when he was doing the, the Manning and Brady thing, right? You like Lefty, 150 to 1. 
That's pretty fun. Uh, 150 to 1 on lefty. Ooh, got me thinking. Got me thinking. You know he's going to get a lot of attention there. Uh, Furyk, 165 to 1. Bradley, 165 to 1. Uh, go down, keep going down the list. Yeah, Griffin, 185 to 1. Kang, 220 to 1. And we're getting into the, the mighty, mighty large <laughs> numbers here. Um, we're looking at, you know, uh, a, a guy like Davis is 275 to 1. Stricker is 325 to 1. So you got a lot of big time numbers surrounding some big time guys. And while, listen, Lefty at 150 to 1 is certainly intriguing, I think he's 150 to 1 on this course for a reason, right? I mean, come on. He's 150 to 1 for this on this course for a reason. Bubba Watson's a fun guy at 165 to 1 to maybe you want to throw 10 bucks on on Bubba Watson at 165 to 1? Yeah, go for it. He's a fun guy to go for. But I think we have to look at at the reality. And here's the thing. In golf you never know. For those that are new to betting golf and you just got that that betting itch this weekend, in golf you never really know. You really don't. You can take a long shot and and they pay out pretty nicely. So I'm going to look here. Justin Rose at 55 to 1 makes some sense to me because of the ridiculous odd. Uh, I know people are on speed of 65 to 1. I don't love it. I don't love Fowler, even though he's got the talent. I think we all know the Fowler problems. Uh, DeChambeau is, is someone that people are very high on. Justin Thomas, even listen, Justin Thomas is the number three guy on the board. He's 22 to 1. That's a good payoff. It's a nice payoff. My guy Brooks is 34 to 1. Brooks only plays big during big tournaments. And McElroy, boy, though, by the way, at 9 to 1. I don't care if you even like him. You don't go near it. He's 9 to 1. The guy that's third on the list is 22 to 1. You don't go near it. Brooks Kepka is my guy. I made a ton of money on Kepka last year. I hit him in every big tournament and I hit every single, every single time. And what I do with golf, by the way, is if I like someone to win, I also put him to finish in the top three and the top five. So if he has a good run I'm making tremendous money if he wins it I'm I'm just swimming but all I need him to do is kind of be in the top so I'm going to do the same with Brooks again this week it's not one of my big bets but I want to have some action here I'm going to take a shot at Brooks and I may just say you know what I'm going to throw a little bit of money on Justin Rose at 55 to 1 uh, to take a little stab so that is bet to the future all right, real quick, I want to get into the NBA, and then we're going to get into Major League Baseball. I saved the the, the, the bad news for the end, uh, even though you're supposed to... Uh, somebody asks you, when somebody asks you, you want good news or bad news first, don't you always say the bad news? But if you started a radio show like that, I don't think I have listeners at this point. So in radio, it's a little bit different in real life. Is there anybody... I'm asking you serious. Is there anybody out there that when someone says to you, I got good news and bad news, what do you want to hear first? Who out there goes, give me the good news? You have to take the bad news first, right? Because then the, the good news fixes it. You got to eat your meat before you get your dessert, right? I mean, I, I like the meat. How about vegetables? You got to eat vegetables before you get to the dessert. But it's always the, the good news, bad Give me the good news second, always. Always. But in this case, we're going good news uh, last. And I'm going to, I mean, the bad news last. I'm going to do that in a moment with Major League Baseball. But really quick, I want to touch on the NBA. This is something that I have told you from step one. I saw people running to the ticket window to go bet on the Brooklyn Nets. And I told you guys, don't do it. It's a mistake. 
I saw people going absolutely crazy and running to the ticket window and taking the Brooklyn Nets, even during the pandemic. Why? Because there's a chance Kevin Durant could come back. Oh, he could come back. And I said, he's not coming back. And I called people that are very familiar with the situation. We had a guy last year on with us. He wrote the Kevin Durant book. He's as close to Durant as anybody that, that that's out there in the media. Uh, yet nobody that I spoke to that had a familiarity with the situation ever thought Kevin Durant would come back. It was the fans that were hoping it. It was the sprinkling of the media that were, were saying, yeah, maybe. Maybe there's a maybe. Maybe it could be. Maybe it's this. Well, Kevin Durant confirmed he will not play this season. KD said, my season is over. Right? Now, I get it. Sean Marks uh, indicated he could return, right? Uh, he's the general manager of the Nets. So people did. It's not just that. People did get a little, you know, get a little crazy with it. But Kevin Durant has said he will not return. So that, there's no reason to, to even have a conversation about it any longer. Kevin Durant's not coming back. I'm sorry that you net people went out and went against my advice and went and took tickets because Kevin Durant is not coming back. Speaking of not coming back... Here we go. Let's get into Major League Baseball and, and the debacle that is bringing back a season during the coronavirus. I was a guest host on on a morning show that is not sports this week. This week in New York, I was asked to be on early. I was asked to be on to talk about the likelihood that Major League Baseball will come back. What a world we live in. I'm being brought on during a global pandemic I'm being brought on during a global pandemic that also has protesters and rioters in the streets on a show that is not a sports show to not talk about the return of sports, but to talk about how much these two leagues or these two league entities, we'll say, are just banging heads against each other and they can't get something worked out. How what a shame this is. What an absolute shame. We could be watching Albert Pujols who chase some of the home run kings. We could be watching Mike Trout, a guy that for this generation and many generations, he might be the best player we've ever seen. We're getting that taken away from us because they cannot get to an agreement table. Now, USA Today's Bob Nightingale wrote today, that Rob Manfred may not have any choice but to implement this 50-game season thing. The Major League Baseball Players Association countered the proposal, and they asked for an 89-game campaign and full prorated salaries. Uh, Major League Baseball's last offer was for 76 games and 75% prorated play. They rejected that. They rejected that. And we're back to what are we doing? Right? What are we doing? Now, Nightingale talked to three Major League Baseball executives saying that this could happen within this week, that we could hear about it. And the owners of players are unable to reach an agreement for a longer season. Yeah, that's happening. They're not going to reach an agreement for a longer season. So the union rejected Major League Baseball's 76 games, 75%, and countered with 89 and, and full prorated. The owners said, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. We're not doing that. And it's about, look, this is not a small gap. Sometimes when you have a conversation and you're dealing with people and you're, you're kind of mediating from the outside in and you hear, 
Well, this player wants seventeen million, but they're offering twenty. Uh, and, you know, uh, but they're offering fifteen. Uh, well, they're going to come to an agreement. Well, they're this guy wants twenty million, and and you know they offered seventeen. Well, they, they, you go, yeah, they're going to come to agreement. I mean, they'll come in the middle. There's a nine hundred million dollar gap here, guys. Nine hundred million. If we don't get an agreement real soon, this is going to get ugly, an executive told Nightingale. Really ugly. And it's just going to get worse. And what people don't understand about this situation, and I want to shine some light on it, not only will it get worse this year, but this just tells you what kind of league are we looking at in the future? What kind of league are we looking at where the Major League Baseball Players Association and Major League Baseball itself are not able to come to an agreement to give fans a just a season, any kind of season, after a global pandemic. How do you think the negotiations are going to go when the contracts are up next year? How do you think that's going to go? It's going to be terrible. So... We have heard 48 games, 50 games, whatever. It's going to be it's going to be the the 48s what I keep hearing. Manfred can basically demand this and force this the 48 games and you know people will will come back. I know that there are people that are going, "Ah, you know what? The spoiled this on this side and these guys suck on that side." People will come back. You'll come back if it's exciting. And I think it will be. I think Major League Baseball this season is going to be very exciting. I think it's going to be uh, probably the 48 or the 50 games or whatnot. Every game is going to matter for the first time in baseball history in the regular season, right? Every game is going to really matter. You can't take days off. Uh, I think guys are going to go extra hard, right? I, I mean, if you know every game matters, you, you, you're not going to dog it at all. I think guys are going to be nice and refreshed after this. I mean, baseball will be fun. I'm a traditionalist. I want 162, okay? I, w I like the idea that baseball is a long, prolated thing. Yeah, you know, I've I've used the terminology on the air uh, since my very early days of broadcasting, and it's such a horrible thing. And then, by the way, I was single then. Somehow or another, I got married, and I've see, still used it. My wife doesn't like it, but the NFL is your girlfriend. The NFL is your girlfriend that, yeah, you work all week, you don't really see, but you go out with her on Friday night. You guys have a blast, man. And maybe, maybe talk to her on Saturday, too, and that's cool. And it's so much fun, and it's really swift, but you go home to your own bed, you kind of hang out, and then you got to go work again. That's fine. Uh, Major League Baseball is your wife. You wake up, she's there every day. Eat dinner. She's there every day. She's with you every day. Good. Sometimes there's good. Sometimes there's bad. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, you, you don't realize it. Uh, sometimes you take advantage because eh, you're just used to her always being there. That's how these leagues are. Okay. Um, it, it, if you want to put it into terms of like television, right? NFL is uh, a show like Billions. Show like. Sopranos comes on once a week. Must see TV. It's got to be there. Where Major League Baseball is like a soap opera. It's there every day. You know, you might miss an episode, but you know you'll catch up here or there. And it's always there. Major League Baseball is the, the thing you can rely on. The rock. And now it's not. I think it'll be fun for 48 games. I think it'll be exciting. I think it'll be interesting to see how these players react. But it's different. 
And, and I think when you turn around and you look at it from, uh, you know, a, a betting eye, I think you have to completely and utterly look at this season as just a, a different entity. Pitchers have to prepare. A starting pitcher, and I make most of my bets on starting pitching, a pitcher has to prepare for 33 starts, 32, 33 starts, depending on the year. With 48 games, pitchers got to prepare for 9 or 10 starts. 9 or 10 starts. So, you know, there, there are pitchers out there that will go, you know what, I kind of just don't have it today. All right, I'll, I'll bite my lip. I'll grind through. You don't have that opportunity. You got 9 or 10 starts. The guy that leads the league and wins this year is going to have like 6 or 7 wins. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But that's what we're looking at. So, from, uh, by the way, the, here is where this show differs from everywhere else. Everyone's going to talk about Major League Baseball. Sure. Everyone's going to sit back and, and have a conversation about um, what is going on in Major League Baseball. The delays in Major League Baseball. What I'm going to tell you is, guys, I have an angle. And my angle is this. My angle to make a bet is very simply this. I think we should load up on relief pitchers to win the Cy Young. When baseball comes back, and oh, by the way, that, that's still in question. I know Buster Olney actually said he'd bet the farm that there's no way baseball comes back. And then I've heard executives tell me, absolutely, it's coming back. So I think it is coming back. I think we're going to get the shortened season, but I think it's coming back. But here's my angle. If you have a starting pitcher that's going to win six games, seven games, ah, oh, maybe he wins eight of his ten starts. Woo! It's not going to be as eye-popping as a relief pitcher. I think relievers who are usually taken with kid gloves because you want them prepared for the playoffs, I think a relief pitcher in this kind of situation, and we will do a full show on Major League Baseball and the angles to take, but here's my angle. I'm betting on the best relief pitchers in the game, on the best teams in the game, because I believe that this is one of those years where a guy has a... a a 2.7 ERA and six wins is not going to be as eye-popping as, uh, let's say, Aroldis Chapman, who gets 17 saves. I, I don't think so. I think this is the year where a relief pitcher could win the Cy Young. And because of the shortened season, they are going to still give awards out. Remember, these are people, and I've said this many times, these are people voted on awards. This is not a statistical number. I think starting pitching this year is going to be extremely hard to gauge. Extremely hard to gauge how important a starting pitcher is to your team because, again, they only get 33 starts in a regular year. You're bringing this down to about 10 starts. And those 10 starts, if you have one bad start, your season's done, basically. You're looking at a guy to be perfect through 10 starts. And even if you do, let's say you have eight really good starts, but the Yankees are definitely making uh, the playoffs in a different kind of playoff format. Let's say that that's what happens. Well, Garrett Cole may not play pitch that last start. Now, in a 33-start season, you could miss that last start, and it won't matter. If you're getting nine starts and they pull you out of your last start, or 10 starts and they pull you out of the last start— now you only have nine or you only have eight. It's not going to be enough to get you the Cy Young. So I see an angle here to make money, guys. I see an angle to bet on the relief pitchers. There are no odds up yet. 
But I'm telling you to keep an eye on this. The relievers that I'm be keeping an eye on, you got to think you got to go with the big boys. You got to go with the big boys on the good teams. I don't think they would give it to Osuna because of his problems. Aroldis Chapman makes a lot of sense, right? It looks like to, to be a first-place team. Taylor Rogers in Minnesota? What kind of ridiculous odds are we going to get on him? What kind of odds are we going to get on him? Kenley Jansen, I know he's lost a little bit, but Kenley Jansen in, in L.A. makes a lot of sense. So you have some guys. Jansen I worry about a little bit because he lost uh, he lost a mile per hour off his fastball the last three years. Aroldis Chapman and Rogers from Minnesota are the two guys I'm going to open up and I'm going to look at. What are the odds for them to win the Cy Young before the year? Because in a shortened season, I think we have an angle. And I promise when Major League Baseball does announce the 48-game schedule, I will do an entire show based on angles to look at for Major League Baseball for futures plays. I will do an entire show on it. But I want to get this out early. I want you guys to think about what are we looking at? Where is my process? I'm starting to think about bets that are being made before odds are out there. And this is what you should do. I expect Aroldis Chapman to come in at 20 to 1. I expect Rodgers to come in at 30 or 35 or 40 to 1 because nobody's going to think about the relief pitchers. So that's the angle that we give you that nobody else out there, nobody else out there is going to be talking about what relief pitcher is going to win the Cy Young during a global pandemic before the 48-game season is announced. But we are because we're ahead of the curve and we're going to put money in your pocket. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Enjoy the week. I'm Tom Bart for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be a part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARDEN. That's 1-855-442-7836. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com.